Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, um, you know, my kids are in a show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're in a they're in an outdoor theater show directed by Riley. And uh it's called Susical. A, have I already said this on the show? It's a there, Dr. Seuss-based musical. I've come to realize through TikTok that anyone who did community and or children's theater in a decently sized small town with a children or community, community theater uh, did Seussical at some point. Okay. Okay. That is what TikTok has taught me, is that everyone simultaneously loves it and hates it because everyone has done it. <laughs> uh, so... Okay, so you know all about Sue's Gold. There's a baby kangaroo. That's the role that Charlie's playing. Baby kangaroo has sort of lines. I mean, as much as like saying a word on your own is a line. But but this is like a weird family legacy thing, right? Because yes. Riley, you were the baby kangaroo, correct? I originated the role, originated yes. Originated the role. <laughs> <laughs> when Griffin was Horton the Elephant. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, uh, it's not a big part, but it is a big deal in our family specifically. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, of course, um, we have created the role of Cindy Lou Who for <laughs> Cooper. Which is just, she's just a who. She's just, she doesn't, like, it's not named in the program. No one knows that she is Cindy Lou Who except her. <laughs> it, it was is, just important that she had a name. Yeah. It, in her mind, she is Cindy Lou Who. No, it, it's a secret that we're keeping from the audience and the rest of the cast. <laughs> the, the Cindy Lou Who origin story. <laughs> Well, because you know how little theater kids are. If they knew that she was Cindy Lou Who, there'd be a riot. Be a coup. Cindy Lou Who does not have <laughs> a any... A Lou Who coup? A Cindy Lou Who does not have any lines or words that she says alone. And so she is constantly practicing Charlie's at home. And this upsets Charlie. And... Especially because Cooper does, like, a pretty good pretty good job. <laughs> she does. She does. Um... But she was practicing Charlie's lines and Charlie was getting upset. And I was saying, well, she's just practicing to be your understudy. Don't worry. That's it's a, all leads have understudies. <laughs> it's normal. And Charlie left the room and Cooper looked at me and went, what's an understudy? I was like, well, it's somebody who like knows all the lines and, and whatever the may, that lead character does. So in case they get sick or something or they can't do the show, you would take over. And she said, yeah. Okay, I'm the understudy. So if Charlie is sick, I do the baby kangaroo. And I said, yep, if she gets sick, you can do the baby kangaroo. Which is not, like, I, I don't have any authority to grant her this, by the way. I'm, I'm totally pulling this out of my butt. I'm like, yep, that's, that's what would happen. And she says, okay. And she's quiet for a second. And then she goes. And she's putting on makeup, by the way. If you can picture her leaning over my vanity, putting blush on her cheeks with this big blush brush, leaning close to the mirror, looking at herself. And she goes... What is Charlie allergic to? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> a little Tanya Harding. Oh, Sid! I know. Huh. She later tried to, she put some blush in her hand and tried to blow it in Charlie's face. Because she thought Charlie was allergic to dust. So she thought like that would, mm -hmm. that would do it. Yeah. So oh anyway, wow. Um, she she's gonna write great detective novels someday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like she's smart. 
<laughs> that was a smart thing for a four-year-old to ask. How does she know what allergic means? None of us even have any allergies. Like, none of us have things that we need an EpiPen for. Charlie thinks she has lots of allergies. <laughs> okay. Charlie Charlie will say this all the time. Like, I'm allergic to dust. She's not. That's not. She has seasonal allergies and she kind of conflates the two. (laughs) But she'll (laughs) talk about all the allergies and and she only sort of understands what the symptoms of allergies are because sometimes she'll just sort of like lay on the couch and go, oh, my allergies. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) honey, you're fine. (laughs) I've talked to her about how it's okay to just sometimes say like, I emotionally just can't right now. You don't have to make it a physical thing. Mm. You can just say, like, I just can't. And that's okay, too. It probably didn't help her understanding of allergies that at a rehearsal for Susical, there was a girl, probably about 12 years old, who came, uh, who was sitting there holding her finger. And a little girl came up to me and said, she got stung by a bee and she's allergic. And she doesn't have an EpiPen. I start freaking out, like, oh, I'm the responsible adult in charge here. Why does this girl not have an EpiPen? I understood that everyone who has a severe allergy carries an EpiPen with them all the time for situations like this. And I go over to her. I'm like, hey, are you? Because she she's not, you know, like having a hard time breathing. She doesn't even look like she's really in pain. And she's just holding her finger and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not that kind of allergic. Uh, it just gets kind of itchy and it'll probably get a little swollen where I got stung. And I said, but you're not going to like go into anaphylactic shock? No. No. I said, so you don't need an EpiPen ever? No, I don't even have one. That's like, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> I, mm, I'm no no, no bee specialist, uh, but isn't that the normal response to a bee? <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets a little swollen. Yeah. That, those sorts of localized reactions are very common <laughs> and do not necessarily constitute an allergy. Um, That's just a, a bee doing its bee thing. You just yeah. got bead. Yeah, you got bead. And that's well, and that's an important thing to that's note. An this tolerance to bees. We all have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> nobody reacts well to a bee sting. <laughs> nobody gets stronger and better. <laughs> Except for that one person who gets stung by that one bee. <laughs> then they're a superhero. I mean Bee Man? Yes. I, I think I'm a friend to bees. That I hear me out. I've saved a lot of bees in my life. Okay. Like, like I found some. I found a dehydrated bee twice that needs to just be oh. given some sugar water, and I've saved it. So I don't think I have bee powers, but I think I've got bee sway. Bee immunity. Well, like, like if I needed a favor from the bees, mm. like they might not like take care of a dead body for me, but they might like, I don't know, drive you to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that how it starts? Aren't there other characters? I feel like it's not usually like superheroes. It's usually more like the villains who have sway with creatures, right? Ooh, yeah, that's, you know what? Fine, actually. <laughs> like that you can like just tell the bees like, hey, I need you to take care of somebody for me. And the bees Yo. are like, no problem. Right? I'm the, I'm the bee buddy. Bee buddy. And they go swarm somebody <laughs> for you. Yeah. They don't kill anybody. They're just really, really uh, inopportune times. They might come at you, you know. Make it itchy. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll have a large localized reaction to the sting. (laughs) 
which isn't an allergy, but is annoying. Mm. <laughs> all in all, very confusing definitions of what allergies are. Yeah. That's important to note, though. Uh, Cooper got, my kids are always covered in ticks these days. I'm constantly pulling ticks off my children. And Cooper had one on her back, and like the reaction to it was, I mean, it was an intense localized reaction. It was not a bullseye rash. She did not contract Lyme disease. But like that stuff gets mistaken or like that it's an infection a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's really just a big local reaction. I think it's funny now that the moms of TikTok talk about sending in their ticks. Yeah. So like, I'll send it in. I'll just send in that tick. I I like imagining the channel of travel through which all ticks go and the person that just sits there collecting them. You can do that. You can send them in for disease surveillance. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. (laughs) Not to me. Don't send them to me, please. You just can't mail a tick to your local doctor. Tell me me about this. What's in it? Do not mail them to your local doctor, please. Like that. It's like to the CDC or something. Like, do not just mail ticks. If you mail ticks to me, I do not know what to do with those things. Please, like do a, not mail me yeah, ticks. Yeah, an envelope full of ticks just feels like a threat. I don't think that... <laughs> a very weird threat, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do not want to receive ticks. The girls will want to keep them as pets. Speaking of weird threats... Sure. Oh. Who... Who done it? It wasn't me. Riley, this was such a weird pick. (laughs) I mean, enjoyable. A good show, but like a weird pick. (laughs) I was reminded by someone who posted a TikTok saying, as many of my ideas and thoughts not come from TikTok, someone posted one saying, no one else that I've talked to remembers this show, and I swear I've, I've made it up in a weird fever dream, and then went on to describe a show in which it was a reality competition show, but people got murdered. But fake murdered, of course, but then people watching thought they were really murdered and they were competing to solve the crimes and win money. Uh, and I also did remember this and then realized it was Whodunit, which ran on ABC in 2013 for exactly one season. I, and it was gone. I have some. So I did watch this show back when it originally aired because it sounds very much up like Justin and mm-hmm. I's alley. This is very much the kind of thing we'd watch. What do like, have you done research on this show now for this episode like can you i have so many questions about it like what why why (laughs) so why did they do it the way like so here's what i understand um there was they they had this thought to do this murder mystery game show where you'd come in and solve crimes but they couldn't figure out the best way to do it in a way that would like be this weird hybrid of fiction reality where like it is a reality show it's not scripted they're not actors but obviously the situation they're in is fictional but they're also buying into the fictionality of it so like this was this weird hybrid genre of tv so they got the guy who writes and produces csi to come (laughs) write it uh and he did and then also consequently wrote two books uh, in this same universe with the same butler called Who Done It that I did also read a oh. long time ago. Uh, yeah, they're just they're just as good as you just, think they are. <laughs> are the are the contestants in it or just the butler? Uh, okay, so different contestants, but in the book universe, it's like this butler is trapped in this house where he has to help this murderer carry out these 
crimes, like these murders. He can't stop them. He is has it, to facilitate. It's like a curse. He, oh, okay. I was going to say it's a mystical. Them. There's mm-hmm. a mystical element mm-hmm. to the books because there um, there is no mystical two. element to the right show. Right. <laughs> Very not mystical. Uh, but yeah, they they then got the CSI guy to come and write it, and then they went. My one, I don't know if you all thought this, but after rewatching it, my one question was, why did they have one of the contestants be the murderer if the crime scenes weren't going to also point to who did, in fact, done it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't ever really answering the question, mm-hmm. who done it? It was like, how done it? But it also did the person who is the murderer like did they go into it knowing they weren't gonna win a quarter of a million dollars did they go in like signing off like yeah i'll just participate in this for fun were they surely they got paid right i figured that they were an actor like in all of this i did as much research as possible and i could not find anything that said that they were an actor so all my only guess was they didn't actually pick who who did done it until like the final three and they picked whoever would have come in like second or third place pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then just said they had been the killer the whole time because then it was someone who was around the whole time and it was someone who would be there at the end, but also someone who did get to compete for it, but wasn't going to win. That is all I can figure, but I can't find a straight up answer anywhere on the internet. If anyone out there knows, please let me know. Cause I spent so long looking up, did Chris know, by the way, spoiler alert, Chris was the killer. Did Chris know she was the killer? Did she know she wasn't in it for the money? How did they convince her to do this for nine weeks if she knew she wasn't competing for she money? She had to have been paid. But like, but like, what about like, I don't know, the detail about the shoes being stuffed with tissues so that the, right. the feet looked bigger than they were. Like that seemed like mm-hmm. a clear indication of like, oh, it's somebody with smaller feet. Small the feet. Yeah. But I guess then, like, if they would have ended up with someone else, because I thought about that as well, they could have said they did that after the fact, so that if someone found it, it would, like, be a red herring and throw them off. Um, but that's the only clue in any of the murders that I caught on to that indicated who who done it. This is a weird... Just from, like, a production standpoint, this is also weird to me, because the benefit of, like, a reality TV show... I would imagine, and I don't make TV, but I would have to imagine, is it? it's cheaper on the front end to Mm -hmm. make a lot of reality shows. You're not paying for a script, for writers. You're not paying for actors. Mm -hmm. You can just sort of let people do the weird things humans do and film it. So, like, you still have expense, but it's not nearly as expensive as a scripted show. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's weird to me that they would want something where you still have to pay. I mean, like you still have to put in a lot of time and effort to come up with all that, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's also still reality. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did. Cause even the writer said he didn't know who the killer was until several weeks into it hmm. when several people had been killed off. So I don't know, man. Um, I, I, Someone online said that they agreed that it would have been better if they would have just all been working to stop this like mythical killer who owned the mansion and lured mm-hmm. them all there if you're going to go with this fiction reality. So like none of them working together is the killer, but it still has the same premise of they're all trying to solve it because in the end, like the person who won was still the person who did the best job at solving all the things, not the one who figured out who it was. 
That that was the the weird thing about this show. It was sort of a weird, a, a scary human psychology study that they weren't given teams, right? But they very quickly broke themselves into competitive teams and started yeah. denying each other information and organizing plans to get each other murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's yeah, the, that that's is the, really weird. That's the layout of the show, I guess. If you're unfamiliar, is pretty much instead of getting eliminated. The person who does the worst the week before at solving the murder gets killed, but in a very odd and very public manner. So then you either can visit the crime scene, the last known whereabouts, or the morgue uh, with other people. And there are different clues at each location, but the only way you can then, by the end of it, come up with a full story of how it all happened from start to finish is if you have the clues from all three. So you kind of have to work with people to get the information they got from other places. and then, okay, the morgue is weird for me <laughs> because I want to talk about that aspect of it. I, like, I was watching from the very first episode. I, it's jarring, by the way, because yeah. it's been so long since I've seen it. It's jarring now to see, like, reality show contestants examining a human body in a morgue. And, like, it is the person laying there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they're just pretending. They're pretending to be dead, yeah. So, like, you know that person's just laying there. Being poked and their mouth being opened and, yeah. Like, acting. But they're not an actor. Mm -mm. It's just a regular person. And and then these people are supposed to be, like, examining a dead body. Mm. That's intense. That's, like, an intense, weird... And it's not a TV show. It's not CSI. That's the thing. Like, Yeah. yeah, of course you do that on CSI, but, like, you're filming and like it's a it's fake this is supposed to be real but real people so like if it's real then that's a dead body and i know y'all don't do that for a living yeah you're just fine with it i don't know it's the morgue i was watching the morgue scene thinking this is one of the weirdest things i've ever watched like why would that be part of it why would examining the dead body be part of it (laughs) i wondered what you thought i think it's maybe the very first episode uh, there's a woman who's a contestant who's a cardiac nurse is what she says her job is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first person to die got hit with a slingshot in the back of the head or like back of the neck. And I guess that's what killed her. Um, but the woman who is this nurse goes to the morgue to investigate and starts saying that's in her cervical spine. Yes, that's her cervical spine. Yeah, that's a shot right in the cervical spine. And the whole time she's saying it, I'm like, I don't think that's right i'm not a doctor maybe it is i don't know but they all were listening to her like oh she really knows what she's talking about that is the cervical spine area but like it also looks like i don't know i i don't know what they were trying to do with that musket ball some of the murders do seem kind of far-fetched uh but it's just the fact that one it's like the stanford prison experiment it's like you put these people in this situation and they just immediately take on the knowledge and the power of someone who's done this many times I mean that the you mentioned the murders are kind of outlandish, like the the weird like bait and switch of some of the murders. I, I say that bait and switch, like with the the mountain lion. What is it? The or the yes leopard? The, yeah, something. I yeah. Like oh, the, we just the killer snuck in a giant. Uh, uh, it was a mountain lion, right? Mountain lion, yeah. yeah. And to look like that was the the thing that murdered this person, but actually it was cyanide. What? What is that? <laughs> what? 
I want to know the, the logic of a killer that's like, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a secret passageway to sneak a mountain lion into the kitchen, but then I'm going to gas him with cyanide. They're never going to know what hit him. Like, what? Yeah. This, this felt like, this feels to me like there were too many ideas mm. and like too much money. Like somehow, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is a lot of prize money. I was thinking about yeah. the seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race that were like ten thousand or a hundred thousand. I'm like, wow, you get a yeah. quarter of a million for this? Yeah, you have to lip sync for your life once. Does this feel like like who made this? Was this made by an eccentric billionaire who just wanted to see this come to life? Like they had this fever dream and they were like, I must make this real. You know, I would no, do that, no I think. price is too high. I will pay whatever, but there needs to be a mountain lion. That It seems absurd because this feels like something that people would pay to take part in. Yes. Like if you said you're going to stay at this beautiful estate for a weekend and you're going to have to solve all these crimes and people are going to be tagged out in your party to have mur- to be murdered, like that sounds like a thing that I would just pay for. Like, I, don't... I mean, I've done that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I do. I do have an update and I need to tell you all. I missed this. It was right on Wikipedia. It says each of the contestants was asked prior to the start of taping if they would like to play the killer, and the guest chosen received a guaranteed stipend. Oh. It does not say how much. I assume less than the prize money, but I mm-hmm. guess it was the kind of thing where like you can either play the whole game and risk not winning anything, or you can be the killer, and you definitely won't win a quarter of a million, but you'll get this much. I want you all to guess that this Wikipedia article has the per-day budget of this show per day how much do you think the budget was for this show uh, oh, I don't know how much anything costs like in that world like production dollars. of things $750,000 a day okay, close. A, a day <laughs> you were close yeah a day a day? A day. It says they had approximately 250 people involved in the show's production every day. That included award-winning makeup artists to make the deaths look more authentic. They do look Stunt good. doubles for the dangerous scenes that show the deaths. Uh, and a mountain lion, the mountain lion that was present during the death scene, cost $5,000 per hour to use. Uh, uh, that actually is upsetting because look, I, I think the makeup was great. Uh, the, the like, this is just the kind of stuff that bothers me. Like this, the set dressing, the decor of this place is supposed to be this luxurious manor. Yeah, it was so like McMansion looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and the the outfits they made them wear. I like for the luau party or when they all went horseback riding and they all had to wear like ill fitting gray navy flannels and jeans and <laughs> no, well, you know what i was fully reminded of that that other show you had us watch what was it escape the night yeah yeah cause like i think <laughs> yes. Escape the night is somebody watched who done it and said uh we gotta we got some kinks we could work out here right like let's get that's exactly what it is it can act I- let's have it a bit like more decadent and costume but the same premise yeah with a bunch of YouTubers that people want to watch, and also it is myst- mystical, mythical. There's a, you know, yeah. What well, ghost I was, killer? I was trying to see if there was a. I was trying to compare this to other shows. <laughs> I mean, I this is this is getting up there on par. It's not nearly, but it's like you're getting close to Survivor levels 
of reality TV mm. show. And this was nine episodes. And it said it took three days to shoot each episode. For One for the investigation, one for the riddle challenge and the dinner ceremony, and then one with each of them doing solo interviews. I mean, can you imagine, when you consider that Are You the One has gone on for longer than yeah. Who Done It and how much that must cost? Well, it must cost less than this. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you just, you, <laughs> that's a show where you just put a bunch of attractive people in a house and buy lots of what I assume is bottom shelf alcohol. <laughs> um, so also I did read that Chris did not know any of the information. The other guests did not because she could have rigged the outcome and mm. de- decide who to share information with if she did. And the only direction she ever received from the producers was they asked her to stop winning riddles after she had won two in a row. Oh, so <laughs> she genuinely didn't have, like the information to to win them extra she just did can you imagine being her and like doing so well and thinking like maybe i really could have won a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> well that that's funny then because my favorite part of the show is when they're they're all giving their like deductions you know like this is what oh i think gosh, happened. yes but it always mm-hmm. ends with them addressing the killer by name and, mm-hmm. like, they're usually wrong. Like, it's like, and that's why, Lindsay, I know you've done this. It's like, just like, yeah. so, like, they're so sure of it. And then you just cut to some other goober in the cast sitting there like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this this is what I wonder, like, okay, maybe that's the only direction they gave her as the killer. But what direction were they giving all these people for them to, like, say and act? Like, the way that they're behaving feels so strange for a reality show. Like those speeches like, really struck me. Like who is like, yeah, I am. I am going for this. I am standing in this room. I'm pretending to be alone. Talking I'm to talking to this cameras. Cam- I'm talking to cameras, and I am just gonna go. I am gonna go so hard and so self assured and so like Sherlock Holmes on this. Like I don't even so care. Me, no one would have to give me direction to tell me to do that. I would hundred percent just go for it and do that. That would be, can you? Are you kidding? That would be so fun. I was I was about to say. I think it's just smart casting. I think they cast yeah. people that they would would be the kind of people to give those monologues because I yeah. don't I like I don't know. You had attorneys. You had former detectives. You had the kind of people that are gonna like. Oh no, I got this. I will say I did read though that. That was not how they decided who had the best theory. So they could really go as far in as they wanted to during their like speeches, get as dramatic as they wanted, because they all had to take written tests about their knowledge of the crimes. And they would score the written tests. And that's Ah. how they decided who would get killed. But they said they didn't want to take viewers out of the like (laughs) world of the show by watching them all sit down and take written tests. So that's how they ended up with them. You know, doing their deductions. This, this was made by nerds. <laughs> this is the nerdiest. Like, who is like, you know I what I want to do? I want to. I want them to take written tests that I have to grade after every episode. <laughs> like, what? Who does that? Who done it? Hmm. I don't. I just don't. I don't think we we talked enough about how absurd it is that they formed themselves into teams and then tried to kill each other off when yes clearly based on the format like you could have just all like competed by we all get to look at the same clues we all get to look at the same information who's the smartest at coming up with the right formula like right or even if you're going to be cutthroat like i'm going to keep a thing i figured out to myself but then like 
it wasn't like episode five. It was episode two where they're like, no, 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 yeah. it's this is it. It's us versus you. Let's kill Lindsay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that is one um, one disadvantage of a show like this only going one season is that like when you compare it to something like Survivor, which has run for so long, the game evolved after people watched those early seasons and saw like strategies that everybody sort of adopted immediately that were really bad and don't help you win. And so then they shifted and like the game has changed so much over time as people watched older seasons and and went, Oh, well maybe that was their natural inclination, but that was actually a bad move. So like you have to imagine future seasons had this kept going, people probably would have tried these different strategies. Cause Mm -hmm. obviously that wasn't, I don't know that that was helping anybody. Well, and I wish there'd been more room for like, leaps of of thought like you know when you get like there was always that like ladder half challenge where one person would get into the room with the Mm -hmm. schematic or whatever and it's like oh the killer just left a blueprint for how to rig an oven with cyanide that's just the thing you'd you'd make before that so now i know literally (laughs) every detail of what happened i wish there had been a bit more gray area where people were given clues but individually had to draw conclusions Instead yeah. of one person getting privy to, like, the whole breakdown. I think that would have been right. more interesting. And that would have made it less this weird, like, you know, information brokerage instead of just, like, smart detective skills. Yeah. The best one of those for me, I'll say, was when uh, the girl drives off in the golf cart and, like, gets blown up. <laughs> and the extra clue <laughs> that you won at the end, if you won the riddle, was a TV screen in a room that just had security footage of the exact scene where that happened and a remote control next to it that was a regular TV remote except for one big button at the bottom that had a cartoon drawing of a bomb on it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, like, "Hmm, I wonder what happened here. Were the people... Okay, so obviously, if you were the lowest scoring, you're the next to get killed. Mm -hmm. That's the mechanic. So you're told... Yes, you're. I, I mean, you from must. From what be. I understand, you're not told until that dinner ceremony, mm-hmm. like when they open up their card, if they were one of the best or one of the worst, mm-hmm. uh, and then they don't tell you until they go to do, do film your death if you're the one that was the actual worst. Okay, so you didn't have. I wondered if they warned everybody, like you're gonna die. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking from like a. I, I'm thinking about the mental health of these contestants, like from that perspective. Like, after that scene is shot, to have everybody stand up and be like, okay, now we're going to reveal to you off camera who we're about to kill off. Mm -hmm. And then you tell everybody and everybody gets to react and hug and cry and say goodbye to the person who leaves or whatever they want to do. And then you film the death scene (laughs) as opposed to just like someone exploding in a golf cart. Like, that's, I mean, it's wild. I guess I I read somewhere in an interview the uh, the female contestant who made it right close to the very end, but she was the only one left that wasn't in that team of like Chris and Lindsay and Cam. She was the other girl left, uh, and I'm not remembering her name. Um, but she cried in like every episode, opening up those cards. And I think it was an interview with her afterwards. Someone asked her like were you just acting like were you playing it up for the camera and she said no i was genuinely scared that i was going to be the one eliminated every time i didn't know what happened and when you're in that setting and everyone's playing into like the whole thing of you're not just getting eliminated you're gonna die it's genuinely scary and i was genuinely crying because i didn't want to be the one eliminated 
that was the, the there was one she was one of the two in like the double murder and mm-hmm. right before she died she was crying about it and she said i don't want to see myself die and i was so yeah. disturbed because the awareness of like i know it's a show but i don't want to see that happen because i think that could probably be psychologically disturbing to yeah. see your own death <laughs> That's a good point, because we're thinking about it in context of filming, but you are going to watch this with your family and friends later. And you're going to be on a table in a morgue. Well, and some of those, I mean, that, that one in particular was really disturbing, where it's about draining yeah. the two women's blood and, like, making mm-hmm. one wheel the other woman at gunpoint to, like, the morgue. I like that. This is, I mean, you know, it's all for the show, but also this is just disturbing stuff to take yeah. part in. Actors, I guess understand this is their job i don't know if reality tv show contestants go in like oh i might have to play out my own death i have to face my own mortality a little bit okay (laughs) well you know it's interesting because it really like i I think there there have been and could continue to be books and books of essays and think pieces about reality tv show and what it I mean, we talk a lot about what we as the viewers, what it does to us to watch that, but like what it does to the contestants. I mean, Mm. I think of a lot of the reality TV shows I watch and like how that can't be good for you. Mm -hmm. You know, this is it's like that, but it's just like we recognize it's bad for you, but it's pretend (laughs) on this show. It's all pretend. (laughs) Uh, I I was just going to add we're talking about the mental health of the uh uh, cast members but the audience apparently i don't know if you all noticed after the credits starting with the second episode not the first one they added little like i mean literally 10 second long interviews with the contestant that got eliminated in their makeup once they were dead yeah. uh this was because they lost 1.8 million viewers between their first episode and their second episode because there were dozens of articles and news stories online about if this tv show was genuinely killing people like people were concerned that they were watching people actually die and these people signed up for this reality show and were getting killed and they could the creator afterwards said i did not fathom a world in which this was an issue so i didn't think i had to make it clear that these were fake so then they added in those post-mortem interviews with the contestant that died in their fake death makeup to show people like hey i'm not dead <laughs> wow oh, that's so that's why yeah. yeah i mean they're not and especially okay if you're imagining that not only did we really kill someone, but then also we're really allowing these other people to examine their body well, and try to solve the murder. Yep. And this got greenlit for what? CBS? NBC? Where was this on? ABC. Oh, yeah. Okay. Come yeah. On. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think like I, I'm a fan of Dragula, which is a, like the, I don't know, but more punky goth cousin of drag race but they they mm-hmm. have like segments where they kill off every like drag artist that doesn't like win you know the, the one gets killed at the end of every episode i can't imagine where you're like oh wait i really need i need a little outro that shows me that that drag performer is still alive <laughs> like, yeah that's wild it i mean it really i remember when i first watched it like Justin and I discussing like what is happening in this show like what like what is I mean I I was never confused I never thought that they were killing people but it was like who's an actor who isn't do they know what's is there really even a prize you know 
I mean, for a while, like, I wondered that, like, is this all, is it a pretend reality show? Is it, like, supposed to look like a reality show, mm-hmm. but it's just really a scripted show mm-hmm. about, like, wouldn't it be wild if this was a reality show? Yeah. What am I supposed to think? I don't know. It's very convoluted. It is, it's just weird. It's the, the budget for that. I mean, the, it's just weird. I cannot believe that was the budget. I genuinely, I, I, I would not have guessed it was anywhere near that. Looking at the way they filmed and created some of those, uh, some of those fake murders, I would not have thought that that was seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. Um, and that's three days. That's three days per episode with nine episodes. So whatever seven hundred fifty thousand is times twenty seven. That's the budget for the show. I just want to know the budget to launch Ronnie out of the hot tub. <laughs> that one was absolutely ridiculous that one was just i they all are i they all are but i remember that one specifically watching when i was 12 like what the other ones freaked me out a little bit when i was a kid because i was like yeah i know they're fake but this is still a little bit weird but that one was always funny to me like this is just the, the escalating like oh we know whatever the like the dinner or the morning ceremony, something's going to lead to somebody's death. And that, because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, maybe it's going to be the facial. Like, you know, they're going to give you a mask and it's going to eat your face off or something. Mm-hmm. But Ronnie in the hot tub, there are lots of ways to die in a hot tub. Yep. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm going to be good in this hot tub. <laughs> Although you can tell the way they film the scene of the person leading up to them about to die there's like this weird filter they put on it it's like super high death Mm -hmm. and like extra exposure that you know like oh okay they're showing her getting her face mask but then you see the way they're filming ronnie in this hot tub you know something's about to go down yeah (laughs) Uh, i i agree i think there was a lot of ideas and i do think that especially with how much people like true crime and like solving things at home and talking about solving cold cases and stuff i do think that there would be interest in a show where you could solve crimes and it was a reality show i feel like that could be something that would be successful i don't know if this was the way to format it in the most successful way i think that the weird like the team dynamics and the weird like whatever got in the way of like it would have been cool to just like hear the facts is anybody going to put them together in the way that mm-hmm. makes sense. And then, yeah, eliminate the person that does the worst job at it. But it's like, I don't know. It was close. Just not there. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it definitely feels like too convoluted. Like they had the idea and they weren't sure how to, how to execute it. And so they just kind of kept adding layers to try to figure out how to make it all work. Mm-hmm. And it became like, I don't know, like one of those really, those, those board games that like Justin likes to play. <laughs> You know, they have like so many rules. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> Just board games in general. No, the ones that have all the rules and pieces and you got to work through all that first and the rule book's really thick. Mm, like mouse trap. Yeah. No, not mouse Thir- trap. 13 dead in drive, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> no, but I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It It is. It, it's strange because it really like. Obviously, they had this big budget. I don't know if maybe this was... If you look, think about this time period, reality shows were pretty big. Mm-hmm. And there were shows like... I mean, the budget for The Amazing Race had to have been huge. This is the same right? network that The Bachelor and Bachelorette are on. <laughs> the budget for that cannot be this big. But, you know, this was For also- Bachelor and Bachelorette? Yeah. 
some of the dates they go on. I don't know. They have $750,000 a day? Well, I think this was probably right. kind of before the, like, universal fascination with escape rooms. Like... It was. Mm-hmm. This would have been before escape rooms. Yeah. Before a lot of the, like... Before the, the murder podcasts and murder stuff. shows yeah. and yeah and all that. So I think you could redo this in a way that would be really inviting, you know, but I think you would just have to lean a little bit more on the detective skills and a little bit less on this weird because once it started breaking into teams, I mean, that just introduced a dynamic that I didn't like. But also just like yeah. the mysteries, the fact that you could find the answer if you were the one person that solved whatever, not even a riddle, it was like a like a competition thing. That kind of bummed me out. Like, there should have been information that you weren't given that you just had to deduce. And whoever mm-hmm. deduced it best was the was safe and, like, judge the worst, the worst deduction. <laughs> yeah. And you could have, I mean, I guess if you wanted to do, like, if you like the teams, because then, I mean, the advantage of teams is that people talk out loud to each other through their ideas mm-hmm. naturally. Whereas if you have solo players that aren't teaming up, you're just counting on them to like go to the confessional and say all their ideas out loud. So you get, you get more of that natural if you have teams, but then I guess you could just do it with teams. Like instead of having individuals enter, you could Mm -hmm. have groups of two or three Mm -hmm. sign up for the competition. Which then makes more sense for the format of having some people go to this location and some to this one and some to this one. Like then if you have a team with that many players and you all go and get this different, different Mm. information and then share it, like the way they do already, but sometimes they were really mean about it. Like yeah. people would come over and they'd all be sitting there with their nondescript glasses of white wine outside by the <laughs> pool, uh, just talking and sharing their information. Someone would come over like, hey, can I join you all? And they would just stop talking until the person went away. It was like uncomfortable. Well, yeah. And especially when somebody would hide a fact that like from one of the members that had demonstrated better detective skills, it kind of bummed mm-hmm. me out because I wanted to see what that person would think of that. I wanted to, because right. I didn't know, I, I didn't know what the answer was. So I wanted to see what this person that was good at this was going to make of that. And I was like, no, we're going to hide it from them. I don't know what to do with it, but I'll make sure they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like that's, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. be part of the discovery. Yeah, no, I agree with you, giving everybody the information. And then that would also, I think, make it a little more possible for the audience to be solving things. Mm -hmm. That's the fun of it. If it feels like so convoluted that you can't possibly play along at home, it becomes less fun. So if you make it a little more like difficult, but possible, um, I think that would help. Well, and I mean, if you're still killing off members of the cast, then you have teams getting disproportionately like, you know. You'd have to have like an element of oh now we have to combine teams and maybe right. we have to, like choose, mm, but that could be a whole other fun element, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, we've got we've lost two people off our team, but the one person remaining is really good. So let me on your team. But I think that the I think that if you're gonna have like people keep getting killed throughout it, I think you should just have actors being the victims Mm. i think you should just have a show where you continue to discover victims or whatever and they're actors and they're not people who signed up for a reality tv show and then had to witness their own death on screen like like if you just did i mean like csi and svu like those shows there's just a new different murder every single week yeah Yeah. and it's just entirely new people and circumstances if you had a this is my plea for a reality show like this so i can just be on it um if you just had people like on a reality show being pretend 
at CSIs or whatever going to these various crime scenes. They're not being hunted by a killer and they're not living in some mansion, but they're the ones going and investigating these fake murders. And then, you know, going based off of off of all that the other clues and, and stuff. I think that would be more interesting. And if you have like a serial killer who's doing it. Sure. And so like yes. you're using it to deduce if there were know. actual clues about who the person was, because they even said afterwards there were no clues in any of the episodes that intentionally pointed to Chris as the killer, even for the people at home. So it's like not even at home could you be guessing like, oh, who's it going to be? There's You have no idea. Well, and I get that like the worry is that if somebody figures it out too early, then it's not, you know, it's kind of ruined if someone's like every episode right. like, oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. But it's you. Right. But like, yeah. yeah, I think just removing it from the cast or having a more uh, pre-planned storyline in some way. Yes, hunting a fake serial killer. Oh my gosh, that reality show. If I, that's exactly what someone's going to say about me when you said, "Is this some billionaire who just wanted to see what would happen?" If I ever have that much money, that's just going to be what I do. It's going to create that reality show so I can be on it. Mm. Well, I think it was a. Uh... It it was a fun show to watch. I think it's a really cool idea. I think it was almost there, and I think if they'd been given more seasons, obviously not more money. <laughs> they didn't no, need they didn't more money. More, they needed editing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but isn't that what we got with Escape the Night? Yeah, well, I guess that's you know, true. I do think that if you took Escape the Night and made it slightly more produced, in the sense that it's not a bunch of YouTubers acting like a bunch of YouTubers, mm-hmm. uh. And then took Who Done It and made it slightly less produced with a little less convoluted storyline happening, like Escape the Night. Then I think you'd have a good, good hybrid there. Yeah, there, there's definitely something. Someone should make the thing that's there somewhere and then put Riley on it. Yeah, we all love Escape Room so much. People love Escape Rooms. People love true crime and solving things at home and and stuff like that. Like, did, there's got to be a reality show there somewhere. <laughs> I would just watch people solve escape rooms. I would just watch a reality show that was just like being a game master in an escape room where you can just watch people do them all day. I would love to do that. No, I, I think you're right. I feel like you could you could make a whole show that maybe people don't have to die. It's just yeah. you've got to get out of this room and I don't know. like That's why I love the floor it. is lava. <laughs> that's it. You just got to get out of this room. I, I mean, you just got to get out of this room. I, I like the horror. There, there have been a couple of horror movies based on escape room. They're obviously. Yeah written horror movies but they're good they're they're fun to yeah. watch love escape rooms anyways <laughs> thanks for watching this silly show with me <laughs> no it's fun it's a fun, it really is a fun show if you've never watched it if those are the kinds of things like murder mystery type things i would recommend it I, yeah i'm bummed that there's only one season i wish there was more i know i i went back and watched it thinking like well this would be kind of nice to just numb my mind and have on in the background but then i genuinely wanted to watch more of it Apparently there was a British TV show called Who Done It that aired in the 70s. I don't think it was the same premise, but YouTube kept trying to suggest that to me. That no, exists too. I think I think it was crime solving but not not reality. You're just crimes, like hearing obviously. crimes and yeah. solving, yeah. Well, thank you all. Um what's next? Sydney. Well, I guess continuing on this theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh next I want to do Death Becomes Her. All right. All so. right classic movie that um i was fascinated with as a youth my favorites as a youth as a youth all right all right well thank you all riley thank you um of course. as you, you said last time who done is on youtube mm-hmm. if anybody wants to check it out 
Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great podcasts you would enjoy. Um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering.MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I still don't think I'd ever be able to give their speeches. I just think I'd get really into it. Like working at the camera. I'll be seeing you, Cam. Chris. A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, Why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, My precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.